Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, a.k.a. Brutal Gash. Pretty chuffed right now, to be honest, after that convincing win against the Pacers. Coming up on the show, we have a very special guest, the original architect of Celtics Reddit, founder of Celtics Hub, and all-round solid Twitter follow, Ryan Bernardoni, a.k.a. DangerCart. We were really excited and thankful to have Danger Card on the pod. The game finished quite late in his part of the world, but he was kind enough to come on and give us about 25 minutes of his time. And stick around after the interview as well, because we'll go into the Reddit recap and we'll take a look at the couple of games left in the regular season for the Celtics. But first, here is Ryan Bernardoni, a.k.a. Danger Card. Kyrie in the paint. Kicks it. All right, folks, welcome back and a very warm welcome to Ryan Bernardoni, a.k.a. DangerCart, the well-known online Celtic savant. Uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on, mate. How's it going? Good. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, nice to uh, be talking after a couple of wins. Um, for so, a change, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's positive. But yeah, I feel like this is a really good time for us to do this. <laughs> Um, given what we've seen so far in this season. So, I mean, let, let's get right into it. Obviously, it looks like we're going to face the paces in the upcoming uh, first round of the playoffs. Given what we've just seen, what are your thoughts on on the playoff path ahead for the Celtics, particularly in round one? Yeah, I mean, round one seems fine, right? I mean, it was a, it's a, it was a five-team race <laughs> for a while. And then when, once Oladipo was out, like, they just haven't, um, haven't been a, a great team since then. And neither were the Celtics, obviously, but like, it's an, it's a, just a really different story between the two teams. It seems like, like, you know, why they haven't been very good. Um, the Pacers just don't, don't actually have the, the talent to, uh, to hold up. I mean, it's right. Anything's possible, but like, I don't expect the Pacers to, to knock the Celtics out, um, you know, with the Celtics having home court. So, um, good on that front. I, I haven't totally given up on the three seed yet. Uh, I know a lot of people don't even want it, but, um, you know, we'll see the 76ers. I, I guess it's possible that Walt Lemon Jr. will uh, lead the Chicago Bulls to a victory over the Sixers. And he's killing it. He's 24 points. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of people who are yeah. looking at, you know, looking side eye at, at uh, Rogier still wondering if we missed out on the, uh, the lemon party. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I'd happily, I'd happily trade him. I'd happily trade him. Come on back, Walt. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of Rogier, I sort of had this question saved for a little bit later, but we we just got a, a pretty heavy dose of uh, of Wanamaker, some sort of mysterious illness there with Terry Rogier. Maybe someone spiked his tea ahead of the game just to get a, a good sample size of, of non Rogier minutes. <laughs> um, uh, Brian Bernardoni, where were you on the night of the, <laughs> of the 7th of April? <laughs> That's a good question. I have an alibi. Do, do you think it is? It's the fifth over there, but whatever. <laughs> is there any chance at all that we'll see like significant Watermaker minutes in in the playoffs? So, given a healthy Rogier, like is that it? Like we'll, we'll only see Watermaker in in emergency situations. Yeah, I mean, knowing Brad's history with playoff rotations, like uh, Watermaker won't play a minute until like game three of round two, and then he'll start. Um, play sure. 36 minutes and then not play again for the rest of the playoffs. Um, but I mean, he's not going to play, right? Like Rogier is going to play. Uh, he'll play less because Kyrie will play more. But um, yeah, I mean, Wanamaker's not like suddenly going to break into the rotation uh, the two days before the playoffs start or anything. Um, which you know, I would like to pretend otherwise because uh, I would I would kill for just like a reliable normal backup point guard. But um, yeah. I, does anybody? I don't know if any of you guys. Does anybody believe that that Wanamaker is suddenly going to start you know playing in the in the playoffs at this point? It's hard for me to believe he will. Nah, no, nah, I think injuries up Australia. Yeah, I just, I just, I wish I could get inside Brad's head. Like, what does he actually see in Rosier at this point? I, I, I like, I honestly don't get it. Like, you know, like what if you were okay. Ryan, you're our sort of resident expert for tonight. So what do you think Brad Stevens sees in, in Rosier? Compromat? Um, I I don't know. Like he's got something, Whoa. right? I don't I don't know. Um I, <laughs> he's got pictures. That's the only explanation. Um I mean it's Compromat with a K. Right? Yes, with a with a K. Um it it's the upside is all that it can possibly remain in it. Um, you know, he, he saw Rogier do things that seemed good in the playoffs last year. And, uh, maybe, maybe they will reappear. Um, he can make shots sort of right. I mean, if you play him as a two guard, which is really what he is, then like mm. he's the defenses will respect him more than they're going to respect somebody like Wanamaker or, or Ojale or somebody else. They just don't, believe will ever take the shots let alone make them um but that's it like he does he's he can't pass he's not a good defender like asking me what Brad Stevens sees in Rogier I don't know I've been trying to figure it out all season I, I got nothing yeah outside of Terry Rogier is what exactly about this entire season as a whole granted we are speaking on a high point right now but what about this, this season the whole can you pinpoint has been the most painful thing outside of Rogier well, that's certainly, no, I'm not going to say that's definitely number one. Uh, um, I mean, it's just <laughs> the, the season, they didn't seem to take it seriously um, in, in, a, in some ways. Like, Rogier is part of that, right? They don't, nobody has been held to account for their, for their play, for their effort levels, for a, a lot of things. And that happened right from the start of the season. Um, I know in that first like 20 game stretch, everybody wants to be like, Oh, it's fine. It's 20 games. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Who cares? Mm. It'll, it'll be fine. But like, if your goal is to win more games than they won last year, if your goal is to win 60 games and to be the number one seed, like you can't lose 10 games in your first 20 because you're, you know, you're playing two guys who are injured one 
coming back from a serious injury, another in, in Jalen, who I think we now can look back and say, like, yeah, his hand was a bigger problem than, than maybe it was realized at that time. And you can't just keep running those guys out there. And I think it set a, a tone for the rest of the season that there wasn't just like an actual accountability with the team. Um, and then that carried forward to, to Marcus Morris being in the starting lineup well beyond the point where he was just playing terribly and Rogier constantly getting 20 something minutes every single night, no matter what he did and guys who seem to be showing better effort and better play, um, not really be giving, being given any opportunities, even if they're like in the case of like Marcus Morris, like he's not going to be part of the team going forward. Ojale is probably going to be part of the team going forward. You, you would think at some point he would have been able to win minutes, but it all comes back to sort of accountability and the team not seeming to be together in a number of ways. And I think that all sort of ties back to the same thing of like, if you're not being held to account for your, your performance and for your effort, then why improve your performance and improve your effort? Um, and that just becomes kind of like an insidious thing that uh, it, it showed in a, in a lot of games this year, obviously, uh, which is really frustrating. And that's why I was, was frustrated with the team right from the start. Like I said, in that, in that first stretch of games, where I was like, they're not going to be able to achieve their goals now. And that will have cascading effects. And hopefully it, at this point, like you start a new season, right? Like hopefully they roll through the playoffs and nobody cares. And, and they're, you know, Oh, they were a flip the switch team, but like those teams don't usually exist. Um, they certainly don't usually exist from teams that haven't like achieved anything together before. Yeah, totally. Um, so we'll see, like, I hope it happens. I hope they, you know, walk through the Pacers and then everybody thinks that we're a good matchup for the bucks. Although the bucks are like a historically good team. Um, so I don't know how good the matchup can be if they're like a plus 10 point differential team. But yeah, you knock the bucks out and suddenly like nobody cares about what happened beforehand. But um, that's been the biggest frustration for me, though. Well, at this point, like one of the things I've kind of used as a bit of a coping mechanism, probably since the two L.A. games that we blew, um, which really felt to me like like the season could have gone OK if we'd won those two games. Um, like those, those are real backbreakers. But like I've had to sort of divide it into what my hopes for the teams are versus what my expectations are. And, and I think we, we had a, we had a chat a few weeks ago and I sort of thought it was roughly sort of 40% each would be, you know, my expectation for a first round exit or a second round exit. And then, you know, um, maybe there's a 5% chance that we make it to the finals, you know? So um, that's sort of my, I'd say that's probably still, I'd probably say I've skewed my expectations more towards getting bounced in the second. What are your hopes? You know, um, I mean, you can answer your expectations as well too, but I, I imagine you're probably pretty similar. Um, but what are you actually hoping for from the team? Yeah, similar on expectations. I think that um, it's most likely that they lose in, in round two. Like that's what happens to most four seeds. Um, and well, like I said, it, the bucks are legit. There's, there's no way you can look at them and, and think otherwise you can, again, you can pretend like the matchups are in our favor. Maybe they get another injury or Brogdon doesn't really come back, you know, right. Or whatever. And, um, or we just have a good, good run, right. You have a couple of games where you hit a whole bunch of threes and you do it in Milwaukee. And then suddenly you're in the conference finals again. Um, my hopes are that, uh, that however it goes, they don't have any games that are kind of an embarrassment. Um, would be nice. And I hope that we continue to see a good Gordon Hayward. Um, I hope that we see uh, an ag aggressive Al Horford, uh, because I think that's probably the best chance to get through Milwaukee. Um, and, you know, I hope they make the, I hope we make the finals. I hope they win the finals. I don't know. It's, it's not impossible for them to yeah. put a lot together and, and get there. It's just, 
Um, what would be, I guess if the question is like, what would I be happy with? I mean, I guess if they lost game seven in Milwaukee, like I wouldn't like throw my remote through the television. Um, <laughs> but anything less that remote's going straight through that yeah. TV yeah <laughs> you're gonna set up a GoFundMe like for... in space yeah. <laughs> so uh, on the hopes factor I, I hope that we see um, as good of a Jason Tatum as we saw tonight against Indy like he he seemed like a completely different Jason Tatum to me of, of um, you know relative to the the season so far um, I guess on, on a scale of like Jeff Green to KD <laughs> Ryan, what what is Jason Tatum to you? I like that Jeff Green is the lowest point on the spectrum yeah. you could possibly be. Um, <laughs> what is he? He's twenty one, right? He's an unknown. Um, he's not he's not Durant. Um, I think we can safely say that. Uh, but Thank you. Know, like, you. I with... agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not, he's only like six eight six nine. He's not like seven one, and uh, he also misses shots sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to to place him like where he is, right? What he is is a very high upside 21-year-old who plays the position that everybody in the league needs desperately. Um, so he's a very valuable future player. Um, is it possible that he'll win an MVP, uh, you know, somewhere down the line? Like, it's not, it's not impossible, so I guess it's possible. Um, I think he certainly has a, a much higher percentage chance of getting to that sort of, you know, high all-NBA MVP consideration than like Jalen does. Um, and that's not a knock on Jalen. Like that's just, there's very few guys in the league who have any hope of ever reaching that level at any given time. Um, but you know, it's not like a good chance that he's going to get there. Uh, and this year has been a disappointment. It's been a step back. He was better last year, uh, in a variety of ways than he has been this year. Uh, he's been playing better for the last couple of weeks. Um, including today. And yeah, like you, I would like to see him go into the playoffs and, um, you know, play with a, a similar uh, sort of purpose and aggressiveness and also intelligence uh, to how he played a lot in the playoffs last year, um, because that has sometimes uh, not been there this year. But again, he's 21. Like before the season began, there were a lot of people who were doing the sort of math and saying, oh, all these players are going to get better. All the, you know, we're just going to walk to 60 wins because you just do this kind of basic thing of young players get better players coming back will all immediately be healthy. And like sometimes players uh, have a down season and then rock it up in a third season or something like that. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens from here. But obviously though, we kind of have to make we, I keep saying we, no, I'm going to stick with we, we, we is the Boston Celtics, we, the Boston Celtics, <laughs> like we have to make decisions about Jason Tatum. We have to, um, we have to assess what he is. Um, I know on Wind, uh, I've heard a comment on um, on Windhorse, Windhorse podcast, the collective one, where he says, you know, like teams say that after around 18 months, you kind of need to know what you have with a player. And and with Tatum, they have to decide probably, you know, in, in a potential trade, right? So, so that means they have to decide what they think he is, you know? And um, so just to push back on that, I know it's not an unknown, but like we kind of have to make an assessment on him right now as to what we think he is to value him appropriately in a potential trade. Um, do you agree with that, I guess, for us as a starting point? And if pushed, where do you, where do you, what do you think he is? Gun to your head, if you can forgive the expression. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't particularly agree with that. Um, I think it's close. Oh, conflict. But... I like it. 
Well, so here's the thing. Like, I've looked at this before, and it's not a secret, but, um, right, so everybody knows that you nobody wins the NBA title other than the Detroit Pistons, uh, unless you have somebody on your roster who has won an MVP in the past, right? So you have to, that's sort of the, the, the go-to in terms of, like, explaining how much top-end talent, like, you can't win the title with the fourth best player. You need to have, like, the first best player. Um, but if you look at that, what maybe a more interesting thing to me is that guys who go on to become the best player on a title team, which is a, every once in a while you get a year where it's like a little hard to define who it is, but usually it's pretty clear who the best player on a title team is. Mm-hmm. Those guys have almost universally been all NBA by their third season. Now that's shifted a little bit as we've had like Giannis was fourth season. And it, I Sorry. believe that he can go on and win a title at some point. And there's some guys who are fourth season, but generally it's third season where these guys are, you know, not like all-stars, like all NBA performers in your third season. Um, and that includes some players who came in out of high school who, who hit that level in their third season in order to progress on to become the best player on a title team. So at this point, it doesn't look likely that Tatum will be the best player on a title team because do you expect him to make all NBA next year or even the year after that? Like, probably not. The progression would be more towards, like, could he be on the all-star team? Could he be a 20-point scorer? Could he be these sort of things that are not all NBA MVP consideration level. So I don't, again, I don't expect him to go and to go on and be an MVP, but I think it's possible that he could be. And I don't think you need to make those evaluations at the 18 month mark. I think it's more like you make those evaluations at the, you know, a year later than that mark, the 30 month mark where you're starting to get ready for, um, you know, contract extension talks and, and things like that is probably more accurate. Um, but yeah, you need to know about these guys really early. It's really difficult. You draft them and you have to make snap judgments. If you're talking about trying to win a title, um, and yeah, there's, there's pressure this year because if Kyrie, you know, says that he's going to resign, then they're going to try to trade for Anthony Davis. And then you have to make a call on that. So, so, I mean, I guess this kind of leads into some of the AD stuff, which, uh, makes my stomach turn a little bit. I don't know. How, how do you boys feel about the, the AD trade right now that we've had a chance for it to settle down and we've sort of collectively taken a bit of an antacid with the playoffs coming up, but, um, how's everyone, you know, actually, can I just go a quick, like chicker in the room? Like, how's everyone feel about the prospect of trading for AD? Like just on a, like a gut emotional level. On a real, real quick, real quick take, I should say, I would enjoy an elite rebounder. I'll leave oh, it at yeah, that. true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, to, to me, AD is is the caliber of player that you hope. Like we we're just talking about Tatum, that you hope someone like Jason Tatum becomes, right? Like you, you hope that you can draft a player or trade for a player that becomes as good as AD. Like he's an elite player in this league. You know, arguably a top five player in mm. this league. The only the only issue I have with AD as someone who has owned him for the last two years in a fantasy league is uh, how injured he is. We actually call him Anthony Data Davis in, in my uh, fantasy league because of how frequently injured he is. But ben, aside, pick up he, the phone he, and call Danny Ainge right now. You've got to give him this info. <laughs> make a mistake. He's an incredible player. I, I, I think I'd be happy with it as long as we can keep one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Um, then I would feel okay moving forward with that trade. But Ryan, you're our guest. We're very curious to hear how you feel. Uh, yeah, conflicted. Uh, um, I really haven't enjoyed this season. Um, and part of that is that, um, like, I just, I don't know. There's a lot of reasons. But if Kyrie leaves, like, I'm not going to be, like, crying in a corner somewhere. And if Kyrie leaves, they're not going to trade for Anthony Davis. Um, I'd, I'd be very surprised if they do. Um, so from like my own personal, like, what do I get out of the team watching 
for two and a half hours, 82 times a year, and then hopefully the playoffs. Um, this team has just kind of made me like unhappy a lot. Uh, and so resetting the team with players who I enjoy uh, watching and who I kind of like following, um, it just doesn't seem like the end of the world to me because it's really, this is just entertainment in the end. And like, it's cool. I'd be perfectly happy watching like Marcus Martin, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and a bunch of other insane people on this, on the squad. Um, so from that perspective, I'd be fine. I, I would like for them to be able to keep Kyrie and get Anthony Davis and all that, because I think it's what they want. Like, I think it's what the team wants. I said Joe before, like, yes, it's a, we, but it's not, you know, really a, we, and, um, I would like for them to achieve their goals as well. And if there's a title in the future, I'm not going to complain about it. Um, so I'm conflicted. You know, I, if it happens, it happens. If not, like I'm not, it's not, I'm not gonna be heartbroken over it at this point. If you asked me like nine months ago, I would have been like, Oh, I, I will be heartbroken if it doesn't happen at this point. I'm just like, I don't really care. <laughs> I just want right. to like the team again. So. I, I think that sounds quite mature to be honest. Like I, I, I feel like I've come to, come to, I think that that corner for crying if Kyrie leaves is maybe reserved for me. I feel like I'll, I'll be I'll be crouching in that corner weeping weeping I'll if he leaves. But uh, I, I just enjoyed watching him. <laughs> um, a, a bit of a pivot for me here, I guess. Um, you know, the the three of us, Ryan, have have um, followed your Twitter account for a while, and and you you really offer a very unique perspective relative to, I guess, kind of what you typically see out there in in the Twitterverse with regards to. Um, just like takes and analytics on on Celtics games. Um, do you have any advice for fans out there who who perhaps want to start watching games more analytically, like maybe rather than just ball watching and looking at sort of the core box score stats, maybe a more critical view rather than just that sort of watching the ball zip around? So I'm the worst person to ask this question to because I watch the ball zip around. I, I <laughs> okay. Seriously, I am a terrible watcher of games if you like care about what what actually wins in games i i just watch the games like what i was saying before about how i watch for two and a half hours 82 times a year like i don't care about anything else i just want them to win and like have the ball go in the hole and score a lot and like do cool things yeah. and i'm terrible like people are talking about like these you know you see the clips of like oh they ran this great you know oh they're running a spain action and can't stop that again and i'm just like i don't know what that means and don't care i just want the ball to go in the hoop um so during the game like from like tip to to horn like i do not care um outside the game i obviously am kind of weird and have like odd hobbies so you know i care about like Mm -hmm. team building and um the sort of uh the financial side of the game uh i care about weird draft stuff even though i don't watch college basketball at all anymore i used to i used to i was a a bigger college fan than nba fan when i was little um but i don't watch college basketball at all i don't know who any of the draft practices are but i care about like the sort of science of the draft or the math of the draft um in terms of becoming a smarter fan like the things that i focus on are relatively clear because of the things that i complain about on twitter it's like shot selection um is really really important in the nba and this team doesn't always seem to uh, care about it, which pisses me off. Mm. <laughs> um, so there's things like that that are like people kind of brush aside as like, oh, it's not that big a deal. It's I don't know. So that's the kind of kind of thing I care about. Really during the game, like it's an it's entertainment. I like to watch them, uh, you know, successfully throw a, an alley oop every once in a while and throw behind the back passes and like do cool shit. Okay, if, uh, I'm just gonna play devil's advocate a little bit here. Well, not necessarily, but I just want to put put this hypothetical to you. Like it's about entertainment, right? 
Okay, would you trade the, you know, would you trade the 16-17 team for this team, you know, if you could have, or trade yes. the seasons, and you would, like, yes, including, oh, yeah. including playoff prospects. Yeah. Oh, totally. I right. love that team. I had so much fun with that team. Yeah, I too. Yeah, like in a second, <laughs> I would. <laughs> now, like, I don't think that, this team's going to so win the title, right? If you told me that this team, like, literally won the title, would I then trade it? Like, I, I guess not. Although, really, like, the team was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed following it. Um, I Like, can we we can take away, like, the tragedy at the end, right? But, like, other than that, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I would absolutely trade that. <laughs> Do you think you always would have said that? No, no. Boston has won like a lot of titles and it sort of frees you to not give a shit yeah. about certain <laughs> things, yeah. including the Celtics have won, you know, like I, re- whatever. I remember two titles in my life. Um, one, I was young uh, and one, I was older. Um, yeah, you must have been young in 86. I was five. Yeah. But I remember it vaguely. Um, so, but it's mostly just like, right. Every other Boston team has, has won. Um, so that's probably freeing in some ways. Like if they, you know, uh, if you were a Cleveland fan, then, um, it would be an obsessive thing to get some kind of title out of one of your teams. Uh, so it's probably been freeing on that. It's hard to really judge. Like, I don't know any, but I don't know anything else at this point in my life other than that teams win lots of games and then they have parades. Um, so I, it probably would have been different at some point in my life, maybe pre uh, Red Sox winning the world series and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I much enjoyed uh, on like on a nightly basis, just being happy <laughs> was, was right. really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we can all relate to that. Um, so I, I guess to wrap it up, lately we've seen a lot of good Gordon Hayward and, and something close to perhaps the Gordon Hayward we hoped we'd sign. Or what I'd like to end on, you know, I hate to put anyone in this position, Ryan, but a, a definitive uh, prediction for the postseason for the Celtics. And I, I mentioned Gordon Hayward going into that question because he plays obviously a huge part um, into how far the Celtics can go in the postseason. So given what we've seen lately from Gordon Hayward, given what we saw against Indiana tonight on the road, you know, how are you feeling? What's your, what's your definitive prediction for the Celtics going into this postseason? Uh, assuming that they'll be the four seed. Um, actually, probably not. Even if they were a three seed, I think they will lose in six or seven games in round two. Okay. Then, going in hot, going in hot. Yeah, with, no, with I know. Second round dropout. Um, it's, no, it's super, yeah. uh, it's probabilities, right? Like, I don't know. That's, yeah. I can't think of it in any other way. I will probably, that's probably when they will lose. Um, I think that they have a better chance of going beyond that than your sort of standard four seed, uh, even though the, the yeah. Bucks are better than your average one seed. But, um, you yeah, know, it's, it's the playoffs. It's the NBA. Like, history is pretty clear about this in, in the NBA. It's not hockey where you have, like, eight seeds going to the, the finals. You know, that just doesn't happen in, in the NBA. There's too many, like, events that happen on a basketball. It's too many scoring events, right? Like, it just sucks the randomness out of it, generally, I think. Yeah, that seems to be the theory. Um, I think it's probably right. Uh, also, um, Giannis is, like, really tall and strong and 
weird and so was lebron and uh, so was durant and like i don't know maybe it just comes down to sometimes you get like an alien out there but uh yeah i think that's pretty much what it is is that there's lots of possessions and uh lots of chance for randomness to sort of evaporate and uh the best teams actually win the games um so good or bad that's what happens in the nba and so that's probably what will happen to the celtics but um you know they play the games to find out so let's find out but yeah i think that's uh that's that's probably a very realistic and level-headed take but but part of the fun is that there's still a glimmer of hope with this team because of the talent on the team and you know that gives us all something to be excited about going into the postseason but look ryan thank you very much for coming on i know it's quite late there so we're going to let you go but um like we said earlier at the top we're all uh, very big fans of your work of your blogging your previous work on celtics hub uh, and we know you came up via reddit as well um so i we shared i, I guess a similar origin <laughs> you built you built celtics reddit I, did. I built the css for celtics reddit the architect <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the architect. Indeed. Well, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And uh enjoy the playoffs. And uh hopefully hopefully it's a happy ending to everything. But yeah, it's uh thanks for having me on. Likewise to you, man. Thanks, Ryan. back here to talk now a little bit more about the Pacers game which just ended uh, about 20-30 minutes ago Joe Jackson that was a lot of fun that, that's the most fun I've had watching a Celtics game in a very long time how, how are you guys feeling about that whole thing weird funny I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop you know like we went up by 15 and then um, you, you kind of waiting for that run for them to cut it to seven you're like here we go again but it just didn't happen it was bizarre wasn't it it was a professional win I really thought there was this like general commitment out there that like a notable general commitment, a commitment to ball movement, a commitment to quote unquote the system and a commitment to communication on defense that we, we haven't seen regularly. But if there's one thing that's been a constant over the last five games or so where we have been quite successful, Gordon Hayward, like Gordon Hayward killed Bye. it today. Oh yeah. And Bainesy. Bainesy. That's two, that's two constants. I'm look. I'm still. I'm going to remind everybody of the fact that I'm on the record as saying that Gordon Hayward, I think, will turn out to be a bad contract. But I hope he proves me wrong. And it's been really good. It's been really good. His percent, his shooting percentage went up tonight. By the way, his, his shooting, his shooting percentage increased by a full uh, eight tenths of a percentage point. And he is now up to forty six point four percent on the year. That's nuts, eh? Like, did you have any idea Gordon Hayward was shooting it that well this year? No, I mean, certainly not that well. I knew that he'd been better recently, but yeah, I mean, I think if you just sort of flat out asked me if that was his, if those were his stats for the entire season, I, I would have, um, I would have told you he was stupid because he was not good for a long, long time. And now suddenly right where we need him to be good, he's like maybe great, like not just good, but actually kind of great. He was certainly great tonight and has been great uh, recently. And now it's like everything we thought about this team going into the playoffs, like how much of the season that we've just seen can we really take into account going into the playoffs where I feel like maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but things are kind of different now. We're seeing less Terry, we're seeing less Mook, and we're seeing more of like your typical Gordon Hayward that we yeah, signed. Of it. And also, Jalen's been playing good. He's, you know, um, we're sort of seeing the guys that we expected to be good are starting to play a little better. Um, or 
and um, and even though it doesn't feel like the team's been playing well, like there's been there have been uh, there's been some encouraging individual stuff. So, having just talked about Gordon Hayward, getting to the post game thread back on Celtics Reddit. This is the Reddit recap after all. User the Earth's flat writes in bold font. Shout out to all the patient fans that didn't attack Gordon quote-unquote, Nick Batum light, Hayward, for needing time to recover from a devastating injury. <laughs> Proud to cheer this team on with y'all. Mm. Nick Batum light. I, that's not a phrase I'd heard before. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that guy ever once this season just, just said, oh, no, it's okay. He'll be better. He'll be better. Like, Gordon Hayward's pissed me off plenty of times this season, and he has yeah. for everyone else. He's getting better, though, and I think a lot of people have been patient, but at the same time, you know, expecting a certain level. But the fact that we're seeing it back now in this fashion is, is excellent. So, yeah, if you have been one of those people who have just always, you know, had faith and stayed with it, you know, shout out to you. But, you know, if, you, if you've cussed him out because he's, you know, not performed, then, you know, you're human. <laughs> it happens, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, certainly for uh, the majority of the season, it was not looking good there at all. So obviously, Hayward was good tonight. We're gonna—I was about to say we're gonna get off Hayward, but we might not because he was great. And like we say around here, he's a beautiful man. Uh, he's got beautiful hair, and now he's got a beautiful game. Nine for nine from the field tonight. That's uh, for all you math nerds out there. One hundred percent from the field. Uh, a plus twenty-three, twenty-one he's... points, four rebounds. The the dude was all over the place um, in, in a good way and really, really getting to the hoop well, um, played terrifically in pick and roll uh, and just is one of those reliable, good decision makers out there. And if he can continue to be that version of himself, which he kind of has been all season, but back it up with some speed and athleticism and shot making, which he did tonight and has been doing lately, um, I feel pretty good heading into the postseason, at least the first round against Indy. Yeah, I think the big thing that... that encourages me is just seeing him taking it quick and strong like he had that one it was like a hit ahead play on the fast break and he caught it in the corner it, was, it wasn't quite the corner it was just about at the break and he just took it really strong and one like he like he took that thing strong you know um qualitatively that's what i want to see um you know i'm not so worried about the stats i want to see aggression and yeah that was definitely present in his game tonight yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Now, we're, we're doing this live because we went straight into the Danger Card interview. We haven't chopped in and pasted our uh, our Celtics Reddit posts. So I'm just scrolling around and trying to get off Gordon Hayward, but everything is basically about Gordon Hayward. So <laughs> as I as I scroll through this this thread, guys... <laughs> Look, Canard on a max deal. <laughs> <laughs> any, any, I guess, non-Hayward-related takes, you know, coming out of this game? It was obviously, it was it was extremely entertaining from the the raw fan perspective but um yeah like look give me more give me more on your thoughts about this game i thought aaron baines was was great again when he was in there like a 10 and 11 like very casual minutes um i thought tatum as well was excellent it was it was a great all-round team performance you know i was smiling for most of it which has not been the case you know for this season and i just i, I thought going in that the, uh, the team we see today is most likely going to be the team we're going to get, you know, in the playoffs. And obviously it, it can definitely not be the case. You know, we can, we have a history of being inconsistent, but there was, there was something on the line tonight and we were most likely playing them. You know, we, I think, I feel like they just wanted to, mm. you know, show them what they can do and they did it. And it's really encouraging, you know, going forward. Yeah. It made me feel pretty comfortable about that, about this particular yep. matchup. I, um, uh, one thing, uh, Tatum, um, Tatum to me got away with a lot of offensive fouls tonight. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and he, <laughs> I didn't see anything. 
<laughs> oh, that chicken wing on the dunk, you know, where <laughs> that was a great dunk, but that was a pretty obvious chicken wing. And the one thing I'm like, Tatum, he does tend to cop a few um, charge calls um, when he's driving to the hoop, and he got away with a few of those tonight. So I, I that just that's probably my cause for just like, whoa, just like Tatum hasn't quite got there yet. Like he actually needs to adjust his game a little bit. Maybe he plays a little too upright. Mm. You know, and 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 his and his momentum is um, just a little too hard to to, to alter. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was a great. It was a really encouraging win tonight. Yeah. So back to the post game thread. User Elite Speak Celtics Reddit moderator writes: Haven't seen a statement game like this in ages. Wow. Hayward, Horford, Tatum, Baines, Wanamaker, and pretty much everyone was great. So much good stuff to gush over. And then a couple of dot points here. Hayward was damn aggressive driving, which makes me think he's really damn close, if not already 100%. Tatum and Time Lords dunks. Horford playing phenomenal defense and knocking down his shots. I said it the other night. I was shocked he only got his second triple-double in his career the other night. He normally is like what I, he, I thought he had tonight, 11-7-7. Seven, and seven. So frustrating. He's always so close, which is true. And Watermaker making significant impact immediately, or a significant impact immediately, I should say. Um, which is true. And, you know, we already covered the Wanamaker versus Rogier stuff with um, with Ryan Bernardoni, but, I mean, Wanamaker has been consistently impactful off the bench in his role and is probably deserving of uh, another contract with the Celtics beyond this season. Unless, unless the compromise referred to extends all the way into a, you know, a, a four-year, $40 million extension. I mean, imagine one of those that. Magic Johnson like twenty-five year contracts or something like that. <laughs> twenty-five year max adjusted to yeah. inflation. <laughs> Scrolling through here, switch flipped, playoff mode activated. Gordon Hayward. I guess this is why we don't read out all of the comments in the post-game threads and why we prepare going into these podcasts. But obviously, a lot of hype, a lot of excitement coming out of a game that basically clinches us the fourth seed that shows us that whether it be at home, on the road, we can play this version of this Pacers team, um, you know, to a, to a victory, to success every time. Um, and dare I say, we, we finally saw like a little bit more, a peep of erotic city Celtics. The ball was really zipping around there. It just seemed like everyone was kind of finally on the same page. I don't want to say switch flipped, but switch flipped. Yeah, I, it was one thing that was really telling for me, I think, was after that big Tatum dunk right at the end and the, the reaction from the bench, you know, there was there was clear joy on everyone's faces, very together. And I, it feels like months and months and months since I've seen something like that. So whether it's just, you know, a spur of the moment thing or it's indi- it indicates, you know, where they are as a unit collectively, um, it was great to see. Guys, 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 guys. Oh, yes. I just got to. I'm just gonna pump the brakes just a little bit here. We're always looking for that one moment where it all came together. Yeah, it was Golden the State, man. Cinematic thing. We're all <laughs> yeah. The plane ride. It was the plane ride. It was the first. It was the, the first ride, players man, only the meeting. The plane ride. <laughs> I think it's totally fine to be encouraged by tonight's game, but we still have 80 games of very rocky mm-hmm. history with this team. Don't trust them too much just yet, guys. Don't give them your heart just yet. Oh, they have my heart. That's the problem. They they have it and they can do whatever <laughs> yes. they want with it. And uh, my cardiologist tells me that's bad news. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. Uh, I, I'm scrolling through r slash new here on Celtics Reddit. Just uh, oh now <laughs> we're in we're in dangerous oh, now. We're, I, now. Got, we're in dangerous territory. I got, <laughs> I got a shout out. I got a shout out here. Please. 
Go on. I got a shout out here. Holler for a dollar ninety six, saying uh, anyone else hoping Morris goes seven for twenty seven next two games and forces Brad to cut back his minutes in the playoffs? Mm. Question mark. Follow up from Sarkazmos Funhouse. Morris could punch Brad's kids and Brad would still play him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe he is. Maybe he's holding the kids hostage. <laughs> it's possible, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Morris and Brad seem to like like they seem really buddy buddy, eh? You know, you remember with the the Super Bowl stuff and um and uh Morris was wearing his Eagles jersey and um and Brad came out with the the Bill Belichick cut cutaway sweater. <laughs> I mean Morris actually seems like a cool guy. Like he seems oh, like a good definitely. hang. Yeah, mm. top top three Celtics hang from this year, I think, just from uh just from looking at the guy. Definitely better definitely better hang than Kyrie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, do we want to go ahead and rank the, let's say, the top five let's Celtics hangs? Let's do it right now. So it, All right, let's do it. Let's we're do saying, it. Bring we're up saying that Mook is number one, right? Oh, Mook I don't Morris. know about that. I was going to say Bainsey. Oof. Let's face it, for us, like, if we were going to, like, walk into the Celtics locker room, honestly, who are we probably going to find ourselves making conversation with? It's going to be Bainsey, just for cultural yeah. reasons, okay. eh? You know, like, I'll be like, you know, but d- does that make him a good hang for the average? So I, I want to say, I'm just going to put this out there and then you guys, you guys can react to it. So Marcus Morris one and Marcus Smart two, purely from a, how much like private information can I, can I get out of a Celtics player in a short <laughs> period of time as who I am as essentially a nobody to these guys. I feel like Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart are, are up there. I think they're my number yeah. one and two. I think Yabu would be really fun. I think Yabu looks yeah. like like a top, like a if, really if, fun guy. We almost need to maybe we need to sort them into good, like just go through and sort them into like good or average or if stink, you like, you know. And then we can if you like deal to strip with good. Terry Rogier's got to be in your top three. He, he was going to be my I number think four. I think, I think that's undeniable. Yeah, yeah. It would be um. As a um. Does anyone wonder what kind of person Daniel Tice would be, like personality wise? Do you think he's I see very like straight sort of German uh, efficiency sort of uh, stereotypical personality. Or he could be kooky. No, man. The the blonde hair look. (laughs) But he got rid of it as soon as Jake shouted him out. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm curious though. (laughs) Nah, I think he's got like a little bit of happy-go-lucky Dirk Nowitzki German backpacker (laughs) vibes. Could be the case. You know, just catch him in the locker room with a... With a low and brow and a and a quick yawn. <laughs> yeah. All right. So to summarize, we've got Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart, Yabu, and it seems like it's a tie between Danny T and Rogier for number four. Big success for the bench there. Tell you what. Yeah. You want a bar of the starters? <laughs> That's the bench of the attitude. Yeah, man. Finally coming to fruition. Uh, after that, I've, it really drops I- off sharply. There. I'm, I'm looking at. Gordon. I think if you like, I think if you like video games, Gordon Hayward's got to be top of your list. Yeah, but I feel if like kind of yeah, Hayward's like a a play strictly online. He's not like a pack up your computer and go to a land night kind of guy. I feel like he's very much a closed in. <laughs> like he's he's yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say. Imagine I, think, an NBA I don't think the must have let him go to a land party. Bro. <laughs> that could happen. That would need to be a large room. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's round it off with number five. I want to say Kyrie Irving purely because. Like you, you walk away with a lot from from that hang, right? Even if it's not a particularly productive hang, like maybe neither of you had your typical good time. You walk away and you're like, okay, like I, I'm just glad that I had my chance to try and like crack that shell. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 
you had you had your moment with mm. the oracle try to get some wisdom in here I, i'm I'd, I'd, I'd take curry irving but i want to throw jalen brown in there too just for a change of pace i think he would be the most yeah. down to earth easy to talk to and just realist i think just but they're looking just 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 from what i've seen of him anyway i'd have to put jalen in there for my five jalen's way like way deep into his own head and as frustrating as that makes him as a basketball player i think he would actually be quite um self-aware mm-hmm. and self-reflective um as a hang, I feel like I could relate to Jalen's like weaknesses on the court, like being in your own head. I feel like I feel like you know I when I see Jalen miss layups and free throws because he is the guy. If there's a missed layup, who's it going to be, guys? Jalen. If there's a missed first free throw, who's it going to be, Jalen? I so relate. I so relate. I just don't have the athleticism, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but mentally, I feel like I can relate to where Jalen Brown's coming from and what he's going through. Okay, that's a solid list, I think. Mm, I think Tatum would be an absolute snore, yeah. bro. Like uh, he's so boring. Um, Al's probably Al's probably actually cool, but he's just a dad. Yeah, you know, like how like when you get a little older and you find out that your parents and their friends are actually really really funny <laughs> and really cool, and it surprises <laughs> you. Like Al might be like that, but he could also just you know he probably feels like he's got to button it down, you know. Yeah, he's going to toe the line. He's the dad of the team, Papa Sportif, I believe they call him. Um, (laughs) Yeah, all right. We've dug pretty deep here, given the lack of preparation beyond the the Danger Cart interview, which was great. So I want to get to the Celtics' remaining schedule. And there's two games left in the season, two games. And I remember saying a week ago when we last recorded that I was looking forward to the end of the season. Now that there's only two games left, I... It's a little bit bittersweet. Like I, I love my Celtics basketball, and you know, regardless of how the season has has gone, I'll be sad when it's over. I think, like bad Celtics basketball mm. is maybe still better than no Celtics basketball beyond the playoffs. Mm. We do have the prospect of getting yeah, good Celtics is. basketball based on today's performance, though. That's true. That prospect don't, exists. Don't rule that out, <laughs> but don't expect it either. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm with you in the sense that uh, it, it feels like the season's been such a blur. Like, it, it's been such a roller coaster of emotions, and it's just, I've blinked and, like, here we are. Um, so, who are the remaining two games? It's Orlando and the Wizards? Yeah, the Wizards. Yeah, Washington. I think that Orlando game's a potential banana skin. I think they just put up 150 points today, and we just seem to not be well against them. But I'm starting to feel like we're in playoff mode, and I'm thinking that home game is something that if we get over then Wizards should be should really be a pushover whether or not we play like the bench or nothing less. But like that's potentially, you know, entering the playoffs on a five-game win streak. So I'm really hoping they can at least bring somewhat of the same intensity we saw tonight in the last two games. Yeah, I think Orlando's motivated, man. Like, <laughs> they're mm. really motivated. Um, they they want to get the playoffs. They can, they can probably wrap up the sixth seed, I think. Um, can anyone get to 41 wins? Uh, sorry, sorry. We're just going, this is this is live radio <laughs> for you. Um, yeah, Orlando's the first of forty. Um, oh no, they could all all those teams could potentially get to forty-one wins, except the Hornets. Mm. That'd be that'd be mad if Detroit so, misses out. I don't think they will, but they 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 could. That would be that would be nuts. Yeah, they, they I totally really want to see could. a playoff Blake Griffin. Yeah, he I mean, is killing it today. I. I checked the box score before um, the end of the Celtics game and he had like nine threes or something at that point in the game, which Oof. is crazy for a power forward. So Nine threes? Yeah, he's killing it today. Damn. Um, 
I hate to bring up my fantasy team twice in one podcast, but my <laughs> opponent Dana Davis was worth bringing up though. That's <laughs> my my opponent in the finals has uh, has Blake Griffin, and the the one remaining stat that was sort of battling back and forth on his threes, and and Blake Griffin of all people absolutely killed me today. So very very aware, <laughs> very cognizant of the of the Griffin three point effect. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit podcast. <laughs> it's been a great day. We got to watch the Celtics really blow out the paces on the road. We got to interview Ryan Bernardoni, a.k.a. Danger Cart. Many thanks to Danger Cart for coming on the pod. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so on Twitter at Celtic Reddit pod, or the best way is really just to comment on the Reddit thread for this episode. Joe Jackson, thanks again for giving up part of your Saturday to come on and uh, do another episode. Pleasure as always, Ben. Man, I got to talk to Danger Cat. It's like a, it's a major for me. It was great. Yeah. Today was a, an excellent day. All right, folks, we'll see you in a week. Go Celtics. Peace.